Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Business Handmade Podcast with your hosts, Kim and Kevin. I'm Kim. And I'm Kevin. And I think this is episode 16. I think you're right. We just talked is to... It? Yeah, I think so. We just mm-hmm. talked to Ryan of The Good Donut Shop. Um, he is an excellent entrepreneur uh, who makes mini donuts uh, for street fairs, events. Uh, he does weddings and Breweries. special events. Uh, yeah, and we've been working with him for quite a while, so it's it's nice to see somebody um, that we can have good, open, honest conversations with, especially in the business space. You're stealing some of my words that I would like to say. Excuse me, may I have a word? Yes, you um, can have plenty I, of words. Ryan is definitely like my entrepreneur buddy, and I've said it before that he, I don't know why, but he called me one day and... Well, I know why he called me, but he called me one day, and I don't know why he took such an interest in me and my story. Oh, I know why. That's kind of what we touch on a little bit. Um, he cares the about podcast. the community and making connections I with people. No, but you know, it was just it. It took me by surprise because most people call me and try to get off the phone really quickly, or no, complain. <laughs> I don't get that many complaints, <laughs> really. No, but I'm you know, people people call and they're like they're down to business. They want to yep. know who I am, what do I do, how can they find my information, how do they sign up? And Ryan called me, and and every conversation I have with Ryan is is very much just like you take the time out of mm-hmm. your day and you sit and you talk to Ryan because he's just such a genuine person, and um, you know you get little tidbits, little business yep. tidbits listening to him personally. So. We have a whole podcast dedicated to that now where he talks about some of the business coaching that he did and um, how he got started and and how he set goals and and grows and how he tracks all of that too. Well, it was hard to figure out what to ask Ryan because I feel like at every event we get to talking to him either before or after the event and we're talking about a whole slew of topics Um, and he always has something kind of insightful to say about everything. So it's, it's nice to not necessarily always have like okay let's talk about this Mm -hmm. you know you talk about everything and he's so honest too you know he'll tell us when an event goes really well or when it doesn't go well for him and well the feedback is important right it is really especially for us if we want to do things bigger and better the next time we need to know what went well but also what didn't do so hot so um he just like really puts that down for us that's the point of us sending out a survey but Mm -hmm. for ryan he tells us in real time um, and he really does track every aspect of his business where he can tell us like, okay, well, this is how I did here compared to last year. And this is how I did at this one versus this one. Um, so it gives us that sense of like, okay, does that, is that, are people looking for donuts here? You know, and that's something that we look into for every vendor. Like we want to make sure that each of our makers is being represented well at a show that's going to do well for them. And if their product is not meant for that demographic then you know we're pretty honest about it and we let people know whether or not we think it'll sell well there and then they have they can make the informed decision from that point yeah to take it a step further i mean ryan is really focused on working with communities tight-knit communities um and he he works with downtown businesses and he works with um local people to kind of help benefit both himself and the surrounding community so uh, he is really in tune with what's going on around him and how he can help, you know, how he can get involved, what he can do to uh, spend a little extra time with people 
Um, it makes and, all the difference from a customer service angle yeah. too, but he does it because he's not doing it to gain anything really, except for like that, just solidifying his business and, and creating the foundation. But it's not like he's talking to you because he wants you to buy something. He's talking to you because he genuinely cares. He and cares he just about the relationship. He cares about the community and the relationship. So we talked a little bit about you know, obviously business, um, growing business, changing business, things that have been happening for him lately and uh you know some of our shared pain points that we have with ryan yeah it was fun getting to know a little bit more about how he got started how he had that idea of making a mobile donut shop um (laughs) and then what it's become now especially in the climate of today's uh epidemic pandemic whatever remember when you wanted a vending machine (laughs) yes but that has nothing to do with anything and I still will get a vending machine. No, I just, um, I think of like, he was saying how he was talking to his wife, Katie, and saying how he wanted to do this mobile donut business. And, and she I just, supported him, that part? She did support him, but that... But on his wildest you dreams? You just want a vending machine for yourself, though. I don't think you want it to actually run a vending machine business. You just want to be able to get like a Mountain Dew or it, something like that. It would like be nice to have maybe to one or two <laughs> vending machines in town and like go and check up on them. Why would you go and check? No. Yeah, you just go restock spin a, them. Spin a pokey stop on the way. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, Ryan is great. I don't even know what I was saying, though. I guess just how he got started and where he, oh yeah, what he's doing now. Like, like he had to really change what he was doing because events are postponed for the foreseeable future. Um, he's not doing anybody's weddings because weddings are not happening right now. Also postponed for the foreseeable um, future. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you do with the tools and the skills that you have? And, yeah. and I think he's doing really good things. Um, he's helping downtown businesses get a little traffic. He's supporting healthcare heroes. He's supporting healthcare he- and other heroes and hidden heroes. Oh, hidden heroes, yes. Um, I was going to say essential workers, yeah, but yeah, hidden heroes is the name. He and did. just m- making donations even more uh, accessible to people by just donating $10. Yeah, which can be done through his website if you'd like to contribute. Yep, so uh, feel free to visit him on Instagram or on his website. Uh, definitely buy some boxes of donuts. And listen to the next episode. Oh, you should buy the donuts and listen to the episode. So pause the episode. And find wait out until where, Thursday or Friday. Find out where he's going to be. Find out his schedule. Buy the box of donuts and then listen. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you doing? Oh, well, keeping up with <laughs> things here. You're a busy, busy guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about your business? So my name's Ryan, um, and I run the Good Donut Shop. Uh, it's a it's a pop up donut shop, and in normal times we do private parties <laughs> and big events. Um, we do street fairs and beer fests. Uh, we we've been doing weddings, and we bring our our mini donut machine, which is able to do about a thousand mini donuts an hour. That's uh, insane. Yeah. And it's super fun to watch. Um, you kind of get into like the Zen mode when you're just standing in front of the machine, like babysitting the donuts going down the river. Of it sounds oil. really cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fun, but we do, we do like, we kind of have this like bittersweet love hate relationship with the machine because when it's behaving well, it's fantastic and it can do a thousand donuts per hour. 
but um but it is about as well behaved as as an infant so <laughs> we're like as soon as you look away from that it's doing something that it shouldn't do so right <laughs> so yeah i guess i never thought of that do you like or do you have like a mechanics license and how to fix donut machines or do you have a backup <laughs> machine like what happens if you're at a wedding or something you know i mean the other stuff it's like fine you can close up but if you're at a wedding and somebody contracted you to be there what do you Ooh. do if it um, stops working so yeah, I mean these are not the most reliable machines. There there are better designed machines uh, that just cost a lot more. Um, so what I've been able to do is like I paid full value for the first donut machine, and then I found a couple other ones that were on marketplace mm -hmm. or you know, it's like somebody wasn't using it at a farm stand, and so I made an offer on it, and they're like, sure, well, okay. And uh, so I just have a couple different machines and have backup parts, and I've, I've I'm pretty hands on kind of guy like. I've learned how to take every one of these machines apart and put it back together again and clean it. So I'll, I'll usually bring uh, backup parts to an event. I've only had, there's been one private party that we did um, where I didn't have a backup part. Fortunately, it was close enough to, to our kitchen and I could run back and get a spare part before we had to start serving. Oh man. <laughs> wow. Um, but and, and it was a good it was a good like we just got lucky. It was a good close friend that we were throwing a party for and we were close by to our kitchen. So I had a backup and they, and they were understanding with it. So um, but yeah, that definitely after that event kind of scared me like, oh, I have to bring backup to everything <laughs> like three machines. To and I have to know how to fix it and always bring the right tools. But most of the time, like you don't have to swap something out. Uh, most of the time it's just like, oh, a donut got stuck underneath this part of it. So you got to fish it out. That's <laughs> Do they need maintenance, like cars? Like I'm wondering if, if like every like three thousand miles, you have to uh, give it a <laughs> yeah, every several thousand donuts. Well, it does have a donometer on it, so kind of like an odometer. <laughs> it, it keeps track of every donut that you make. So, how many uh, donuts have you made? Uh, this weekend. <laughs> no total. <laughs> Do you um, know total? <laughs> so I, I have three three of those machines. I I haven't kept track of them. I, there's one that's approaching. It's like two hundred thousand donut wow. wow um so no i i haven't keep, kept track of it but i could probably go look at the machines and tell you approximately how many we've done um so tell us the story about how you got started cool um the, well how long do we have <laughs> um, i know bits and pieces of this story it's it's a fun one yeah okay um <laughs> so about five years ago um I was I was working at a church. No, this is longer than that. Longer. It, it was, there's like layers to the story, but it's been a long time coming. It wasn't just like an overnight. This is what I want to do. Um, but I was on staff at a church, and uh, my un, my undergrad degree was in youth ministries, and I really liked the idea of working with young people and communities. Um, so as a teenager, I always envisioned that I would be working at churches for the rest of my life and working with youth youth groups and teenagers. Um, and, and so then I did that for a couple of years at a church and I started getting a sense that there was something more that I could be doing outside of the four walls of the church. Um, and, and started seeing, okay, what if we did, what, what's the tangible way to add value to our community mm -hmm. in addition to having these like real, you know, significant heart conversations that we're having with, with teenagers but there's kind of always, if you talk to people of faith, there's always that, that idea of, um, you know, like 
you can do good uh and then you have you have you have the have the belief that matches that too so if you believe in good things but if you're doing good things faith without works is dead and and works without faith is you know one of those that that tension between mm-hmm. yeah so that's kind of what i was feeling like like we're, we've got the faith part but where's the works part um and i was looking for a tangible way to add value and to serve our community and so I was kind of chasing after that idea, um, and I spotted a church that was out on the West Coast in Oregon that I felt like was really connecting well, adding value to their community, and not sacrificing the message. Um, and so I went out to visit this church with a friend of mine, and we went to talk about some of these deeper, more tangible heart things that connect with your community and they said well let's go talk uh let's go to this little donut shop down the street from the church and uh i said i'm not really interested in donuts it doesn't matter they've got chai and that's what hooked me in (laughs) i "I love chai (laughs) we went into it was called pips original um and they're just a small at that point they're a pretty small place uh, walked right up to the counter and ordered donuts from the owner, Donuts and Chai. He found out, like, he took the time. Right, so, like, a West Coast thing is very different from the East Coast. East Coast, you go to the counter, and they just want to get you out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and serve the next person in line behind you. Um, but the guy at the counter named Nate, uh, basically, like, it seemed like everything else stopped in the world. Uh, and it was like, I was the most important person that walked up to his counter that day. And he was in no hurry to get past me. He just looked me in the eye like, what are you doing on the on the West Coast? Uh, like really wanted to talk to me. He found out that it was my birthday that week. So he came out wow. in the cafe and sat down with donuts that I didn't order. He just brought me <laughs> donuts. I was like, this is it. Like this, this clicks. Like this guy is adding value to his community by serving donuts mm-hmm. and having these real good heart to heart conversations that make you feel like you're the most important person in the world. Like that's you awesome. Feel seen and known. And I said, like, this is what I want to do. And I told him before I left the store, I said, if you ever wanted to do this again on the East Coast, I'll be your guy. I'll do all the work. And he said, no, you know what? We're about serving our community here. We have no plans to franchise. So if you want to do it, go do it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) That's good advice. And I mean, you know, I think that's just like like a sign that this is what you were supposed to do. You know, the fact that you had this guy's undivided attention and you know, it's just, it, it really is true. Like community is so important. Community is so important for what you do and community is so important for what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you go around finding communities to collaborate with? It's, it's all one-to-one relationships. Like we're just talking and, and, and forming relationships as we go. Um, there's no, not really a gimmick to it. It's just, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of doing what Nate did to me that day. Like, treating everybody like they're the most important person that you you met for the day um so so taking the time to slow things down and have a real conversation and hear their heart um and that's how how this whole thing has grown how we found friends in every every community we've gone to a street fair for (laughs) yeah so when you came back to the east coast was that something that you started right away or was it on your mind for a while as you were kind of building that plan out um, well, I'm, I'm very cautious and slow mover. Um, 
my my brother-in-law described me <laughs> uh, he's like you're like a turtle just moving along <laughs> um, but he's also he's a, he's an, in a missions organization he goes um he goes you're like the turtle but you've got this dove resting on your shell mm. like the holy spirit <laughs> yeah and he's like and you're just moving along and you and the, the the dove are having this calm slow conversation and you're going the right way <laughs> um so it was the plane ride back from Portland, I journaled it out. I was like, this is what I liked about this. Um, these are the differences between East Coast, West Coast. This is how I want to challenge our culture um, and, and what kind of things I would want to do when we got back to the East Coast. But it, from there, it was another like two years of me telling my wife like mm-hmm. all about these donuts and this picture. And she's like, yeah, but you're in seminary now. Um, <laughs> shouldn't you go on to be doing more church things (laughs) and uh but she's like she saw it in me and she's she makes things happen so she pushed it and she's like you can't stop talking about these donuts can you you have to do this i've never seen you more passionate about anything um so you got to do a donut shop that's incredible yeah um and and then the timing of it was my last year at seminary um i met this professor um orlando uh rivera and he was talking a lot about business as mission um, and, and what would you do if you could start a business that makes a profit, but also makes an impact in your community. Um, so he he put together a business pitch competition for for exactly that, like business on mission that that makes an impact and a profit. Um, and so we did this pitch competition. I took second place. And wow. they gave me funding, like $7,500 to buy the first donut machine. And it came along with three months of business coaching. Um, so really, really, really valuable stuff where it just took these ideals and ideas that I had and, and converted it into a business model. <laughs> is, there, so cool. is there anything that you learned in those first three months that you're still using? Um, most of it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Um, Very foundational, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like the the first two years of of forming the ideas was a lot about like you know um, Simon Sinek the book like know your why. Like I took two years to figure out my why am I doing this, um, and then those three months was like this is how this is the how you do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we did a we. I'm trying to think. What we called it the well. I'm looking at right out at my desk right now like a dashboard. Um, and the dashboard helps you identify like these are the the metrics that you're going to measure your your business by this is how you know you're going to like how well it's doing it's basically like looking at the dashboard on your car and you can right. see the gauges i'm low on fuel uh, my my oil temperature's high so kind of a quick glance like at a glance at your business um that's something that my brain naturally wouldn't go to but i i, I got through the business coaching um, and it's been really, really helpful. Yeah, I think it's, it is important to have metrics. And I think we've all kind of come to where we are in our respective businesses without necessarily having the experience. I mean, some people have been very lucky that their craft is an extension of what they do professionally. I guess mm-hmm. that's lucky. I don't know what it's just meant to be or, you know, their passion. Um, and others are like completely doing something totally different or just taking learning new skills to do yeah, that thing that or, they want to yeah, do. Yeah, taking like relevant skills and, and even for, for our business, 
Kevin has a business degree. I don't have a business degree. I have a psychology degree. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> that helps. Oh, that helps, helps immensely. Yeah. Yeah. All work is working with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it definitely does help with that, like customer service angle, that like HR kind of stuff. But um, just learning business has been because I've worked for, you know, a startup and I've seen things from the ground up and, you know, it's, it can be scary, but you quickly, you have to like run and, and just run with everyone else on your team to learn it. So that's awesome that you've had the coaching because I think not everybody is there, but you know, not everybody's had that opportunity and it really makes for a successful business when you can, when that opportunity is, has presented itself to you. Yeah. And, and, and I was trying to think how to answer that too, that you're saying about like what stuck with me from the beginning of it. And I think uh, like setting my expectations for what the donut shop was going to be and how long it was going to take to get there started out in the business coaching. Like they brought in one of their, you know, business professors in to the coaching. Actually, I did, I sat down for a one-on-one with him. I said, look, this is what I want to do. Uh, I, I really want to do storefront right away. And I want to hire people from the community and these big, big ideas that's mm-hmm. going to cost a lot of money. And the professor had the wisdom just to say, look, do you, you do a lean startup. You do start with minimum viable product. Um, you do what you can with what you have. And, and that's what you're going to do. And I'm like, well, the 7,500 bought me a donut machine, a generator and a, and a pop-up tent. And I'm like, that's what we got. And that's yeah. what we're going to do. Um, so setting the expectation that it's not a storefront, but, from day one still, how can we, how can we do the mission of, you know, making a profit and making an impact, even if we're in a community for a single day, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, how can you do the most with what little you have? Um, and you do, I think people talk about you after, after you've left, which is obviously the goal, but regardless of whether it's a street fair or an event that you do with us or, or even with what you've been doing through some of this COVID relief, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you've been partnering with businesses in, in resp- different downtown areas. You were in Cranford a couple weeks back and you've been doing stuff in Somerville. Um, I know that you, you do like tell a bad joke and get a good <laughs> donut. You know, it's like, it is so much more than just making that sale. You are the person that connects with your customer and, and they, that resonates with them. Yeah, that's, um, again, I, I, I referenced my brother-in-law, Tommy, earlier. He's the one with the, uh, the turtle and the dove metaphor. Uh, <laughs> Tommy um, worked with me the first year. Uh, he did events with me every, every weekend, and he helped me develop the idea of you know, like how we were going to, what, what was our voice for social media? And then it was a cold, like we, we picked a winter's uh, winter beer garden event. Um, and it was just really like good people, but very, very slow moving. And mm-hmm. we were both cold on this rooftop and sell, trying to sell donuts to shivering people. And Tommy came up with the idea of the bad joke for a good donut. He's just like, just to entertain us. Uh, but yeah. then we hit, hit on it and we're like, whoa, all of a sudden we're selling more donuts and we're having more fun and we're talking to people. Like that was the idea. Like, let's, let's slow people down enough to have a conversation and literally like break the ice on a cold winter's night. And it stuck like the bad joke for a good donut has come with us to almost every event. It's so funny. He's, he's hired. You should just give him a job now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he's, he's, I, he's outgrowing me. They've moved to uh, Florida and he's managing uh, all the, all the forward facing social media for a big group down there. Wow. 
Yeah. That's incredible. So it's- it sounds like you've gotten some solid advice even just, you know, through your relationship with him, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of free advice, I guess. <laughs> Maybe it's free. Yeah, it's, it's free. It's, I mean, we, we add value to one another. Yeah, that's awesome. And you added value for me too. You and I connected. Uh, I still remember when you called me for the first time and our businesses started right around the same time. Yeah. You were a little bit ahead of me, I think, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I just remember that first conversation of like, nobody really, takes the time to get to know you and nobody cares that much about your business, but to have someone like you and over the years, it, it feels crazy to say years, multiple, like multiple yeah. years. Huh. Um, but over the years that I've known you, you've always had really sound advice or you just had the right words to say when I've felt kind of down because let's face it, we're all entrepreneurs. We're all starting a business and not necessarily sure of ourselves and sometimes you have really great days and sometimes you're really terrible days where you're like why am I doing this you know I I I stink at this and you've kind of been that person for me that has been like no you know this is why you're doing this and and maybe that's part of your community connection or just some of the business training you've had too but thank you for that (laughs) thank you that's kind oh you're welcome So when did you decide that you needed employees? Um, I actually, I mean, I don't have any official formal employees. Um, We say, I refer to them as like our staff or our team or the Go Donut Mm -hmm. Shop family. Uh, But, Mm -hmm. but everybody, including myself, we're all like 1099 contractors. Um, um, But it was more about like building, like, because I don't have a revenue stream that's very predictable right now. And it's not enough to even employ myself. Um, But we're trying to build first the culture of the good donut shop and yeah. and then the, the goal is and everybody knows my my vision for this that works with us is like we want to put the good donut shop in the heart of of great communities like in downtowns right in whatever the heart of that community is so that's mm-hmm. what we're building towards that's what we're working for um and everybody knows like you know this is the start small with what you've got do what you can with it um so but the idea of like you can't go this alone uh, was from before I ever made a donut. Um, uh, there's a saying of like, if you want to go fast, you go alone. And if you want to go far, you go together. Um, mm-hmm. So this, none of, none of the donut shop was clicking in my mind. It wasn't making sense how it was going to happen until my wife uh, mentioned a friend of ours named Natalie and Natalie and I like have the opposite giftings like I'm very people oriented and like ideas and creative and Natalie's like systems and this is how Mm -hmm. this space works and like I'm keeping track of all these things like she's numbers and 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 space and and organization and that's not me (laughs) so when we were talking about on the couch one night before I bought any donut equipment or anything like that. And Katie goes, well, this is how it's going to work. Natalie is going to be your manager. And I was like, oh, yeah, that clicked. <laughs> and, like, during the business coaching, we had to write down like if any aha moments that we had. And I said that moment on the couch when Katie said Natalie was the aha moment of like staffing according to like your gifts and, and, and staff the gifts that you don't have. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I mean, that's something that we do too. Well, Kevin, I'm lucky that I'm married to him and that he is that math mind because I'm not, 
Um, I, you know, have some business sense, but definitely not with like the way he can whip up an Excel sheet and, and has all of the data out in front of us to talk about whatever it is we're talking about. Um, and, and with regard to like space and, and instructions for people in the, the things that we send out, that's all him. He comes up with all that. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, with like, yeah, name. right. Like where to park your car. Oh. Like these are the things that I would just be like over there. And he's like, no, we can only fit a certain number of cars over there. So we have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. And those gifts like provide so much structure and order and like peace that like you, you put right. all that effort behind the scenes to make like it's kind of like the guys that run the, the lights and the sound at an event like if, if yeah. they do their job right you don't notice them <laughs> right exactly like all that extra effort. Oh, yeah, that's true <laughs> that's true kevin kind of does go unnoticed for a lot of the stuff but um he is he is the mind behind a lot of it <laughs> it feels good when an event is going smoothly and it's like oh yeah i had my hand in these few things yeah. that you know, made a big difference in the final execution, but it doesn't necessarily always have to go like to uh, have a big thank you for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he works for free. <laughs> I cook him dinner. <laughs> Beer and donuts. I'll take. <laughs> uh, tell us a little bit about, so we started talking about community mm -hmm. and how, you know, it's just really you building some relationships. How did you come up with this idea during all of this craziness with like, you know, giving back to healthcare workers during the COVID-19 um, pandemic, you've been, you've been wonderful with that. Like I, I see you all over the place. Maybe it's because I'm following you, but I feel like I just, I see a lot of posts about you donating to hospitals and, and just people that are really on the front line. So how did this idea come up and, and how did you get the gears moving for that? Um, well, I mean, it looks magical on the, on the, on this side of it now. Right. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It kind of started as a out of, out of absolute need. Like my wife, Katie, is a, a an in in home therapist and social worker, and for in normal times, right, she's the primary earner for our family, um, and I'm the primary caregiver to four little kids. Um, yeah. So at the start of the quarantine stuff, um, Katie's Katie had an administrative role with her organization that got cut, and we lost mm -hmm. you know about two thousand dollars in income from that. And then wow. her therapy hours, uh, for whatever reason, the state decided they're only going to pay half rate to the therapists. Um, oh my so gosh. then she had to increase her in-home therapy hours um, that she was doing. So now she's doing double the work for half the pay to try and make up for what we had before. And we kind of looked at each other like, we got to find another way to make this happen. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. So she's like, go make some donuts somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I had already talked with uh, this restaurant on our main street in Somerville uh, called Turf, Surf and Earth. They do fantastic like grass fed burgers, uh, you know, locally raised fish and and then a whole big vegan menu. Um, that sounds awesome. Really, really good food and great people, too. Um, so we had talked previously about doing some sort of a pop up event in normal times, you know, in the summer, they've got a nice outdoor patio next to their space. Uh, and it just didn't happen. So I said, well, would you guys want to be in, like, try something out this Saturday? Um, their kitchen was pretty wide open because they weren't doing the volume of sales they were. Their dining room was totally shut down. Um, mm -hmm. And they had to let a bunch of staff go. Um, so I said, let me try taking some pre-orders. And if we don't have 10 pre-orders by Friday, uh, we'll just call it off. <laughs> and, 
and by Friday we had about a hundred pre-orders. So wow. Um, yeah. And so then Saturday came around, all our pre-orders came in, plus all this walk-in traffic. And they had, they had, they were not expecting it. And I wasn't expecting it either, but by like, we planned on keeping the restaurant open until 7.30 and by six o'clock they had sold out of all of their turf and all of their surf. And so they started answering <laughs> the phones being like, Hey, welcome to earth here. Yeah. <laughs> like there's nothing left for them to sell. So we had to close the kitchen at six o'clock that first night. <laughs> That's amazing. And just seeing how you not only are supporting yourself and the the healthcare heroes that you're donating to but you're also supporting a local restaurant that wouldn't have maybe had that amount of foot traffic during this yeah, time that so was, that it was really is a big partnership to help out a local business see if we can get some traffic right. for them and the healthcare heroes hadn't come into it yet um we just okay. we priced the donuts actually i cut my my sales price in half um because i was like you know our our community's hurting right now um, what's a really tangible way that we can give our neighbors a nice little boost of joy, kind of. So we, yeah. we made, we normally sell our donuts in sets of six. Um, so we pulled out something that I, I have stopped doing because they're kind of too hard to fill at street fairs where, where there's like a large volume of people. So we brought out the family mm-hmm. box, which is 24 donuts. Um, so that's really hard to do when you've got crowds of people coming past you. Um, right. but we're a little bit slower. So like, all right, let's do the family box again. That would normally sell for $20 at a street fair. I price it high because they're hard to do. And I'm trying, like, want to make it worth it if we can do that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we cut it down to $10 a box and did a buy three. You get the fourth one free thinking that, you know, you'll buy one for your family and then you'll give three out to your neighborhood, um, to try and bring some, bring some joy to the neighborhood. Hey, we you did, did that. <laughs> yeah, we, we did, did that twice. Yeah. When you came to Cranford, we came back twice because you were set up in um, uh, the Cranford yeah. Deli. The Gourmet Deli. Yeah. And uh, we came in in the morning. I think we pre-ordered four boxes. And then in the afternoon, we came back and got four more to, <laughs> to give away more. So, But our funny story is that we dropped off. We made our rounds. We drove around and, and very safely d- delivered the donuts that we picked up for our friends. And then I went to text my friend to say, hey, check your porch. And she said, we're just getting back from the gourmet deli. We went to pick up donuts <laughs> and we saw your donuts on our step. So <laughs> they ended up with two, two boxes. boxes of donuts. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, maybe they can pass it along to yeah, their neighbors. But forward. it was very well received here. You know, people are talking about it and we posted about it. And I think people maybe there's a little bit of a delay, like something to think about with marketing yeah. now is that. Yes, people are on social media probably more than they would be if they were working during the week and, you know, able to leave their houses. But I think they're also not maybe checking it regularly Mm -hmm. where, like, if they had the workday, they'd be checking it probably in the morning, lunchtime, and when they get home. So now... We have a lot of messages asking when Ryan is coming back. Yeah, that was the point of my story is that people have been messaging saying, let us know if he's coming back um, to Cranford because, you know, they now they'll be paying attention so right. now i gotta remember where i posted all those threads oh, to okay. go back and be like yeah. well i did talk based on your recommendation i, I called over to uh to is it what's the, the name of the ter- terrace the brewery in town yell yeah, terrace, terrace. Yell I, town. I talked with pete today um so oh, cool. make did you happen. talk to gabe too? i did not get a call from gabe yet but talk i called oh, directly right. over and chatted with pete at the brewery <laughs> nice 
That's awesome. So that's awesome. So happen. yeah, Gabe would have just facilitated that anyway. So that's cool. Good. Hopefully we get to see you yeah. in a couple of days. So back on the on the healthcare thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So after things went so well that first night at Turf Surf and Earth, um, I I just reached out to a couple of local businesses. Actually, Cranford was one of them. Uh, one of the brides we had done her wedding donuts at her wedding. Uh, she saw what we did on Friday night, uh, Saturday night rather, at Turf Surf and Earth, and she's like, "Can you do that in my town?" Um, I said, "Sure, find me a restaurant." And she hooked us up with with Dominic at the Gourmet Deli. Um, nice. And then I reached out to another restaurant uh, up in Bergen County. Uh, just kind of again, same idea of like, can we bring some traffic to a local business? Um, that the night before we went up there, a friend in Bergen County saw what we were doing, and he came up with the idea for the healthcare heroes. Um, he posted a video to his social media linking us, and he said, "Here's what I want to do. I want to give as many donuts, like buy as many of these ten dollar boxes." and give them to the hospitals. So overnight, his social media took in $1,400 in, <laughs> to, wow. for people to give um, to the hospitals. So so that was like, whoa, this was the moment um, that, you know, the idea of could we build a business that was based on generosity um, and, and make it happen? Like, yes, it can happen because this, this like, <sighs> The pain that our community is feeling from this is so like, it's not like 9-11, you had an obvious target. Like this is, this is where people got angry and they directed their anger towards this way, right? And there was something you mm-hmm. could do. People, you know, people enlisted in the military to fight. Like there's not an obvious, what can I do? But everybody wants to do something. Um, right. So yeah, people brought out a $10 something to do. And, they, <laughs> and people just started doing good by giving donuts. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so it's it looks like we're getting all the credit for being generous. It's really the community, like people pitching in every you know ten dollars is sending four nurses or doctors donuts. Um, so each box is twenty four donuts. We're packaging them into little packs of six. So each box has four four servings in it right now. And what are the quotes that people are writing on the boxes? Oh, that I've they're seen? pretty cool. Some of them are writing jokes um you know like put, put the setup of a joke on top of the box and then the punchline on the inside um, oh that's awesome trying to make people laugh <laughs> so we're still doing the bad jokes for good donuts it's just found a better outlet <laughs> that's a staple <laughs> um so you know if other people wanted to be able to support you know so i don't sew and i've made it very clear <laughs> to a lot of people that you don't want to ask for me because it wouldn't be effective um, so if people wanted to support though, whether you're in their yeah. town or not, they could still Venmo uh, you, Venmo, right? And it wouldn't matter because you yeah. would make sure that, that, that those donuts get yeah, where they need the to easy, go. Yeah, the easy way to do it is, uh, the good donut shop.com. And I've just, our, yeah, our landing website. page is, is got the links to, you can buy yourself donuts or you can send it to either a healthcare hero or what we call the hidden heroes. Um, so we've also sent boxes of donuts to grocery store workers, um, to the arc, uh, you know, of Somerset, the to the daycare centers that are still serving essential families. Um, so yeah. all these like people who are not getting recognized and celebrated for still for their sacrifices and hard work. Um, so yeah, you can go on the GoodDonutShop.com, buy donuts for healthcare heroes or hidden heroes, or for yourself. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I need more <laughs> for me, I think, and even gluten free too, which I didn't realize until after we bought all of our donuts, and I was like, oh man, 
because I'm trying to I'm trying trying to be really good and and I was like oh I could have gotten the gluten-free one mm-hmm. so on at Cranford I don't think we brought the gluten-free ones to Cranford um we're saving that I have oh okay that makes me feel supply. better no I think you did because somebody in front of me bought like three boxes really uh well, oh, well, well. we've got them it's fine they're delicious we'll gluten-free the first batch of the day will be with new oil and gluten-free donuts um on saturdays oh that's awesome so you're even considering i mean obviously people order gluten-free because of an allergy mm-hmm. so that's yeah. amazing that you're doing it with the first batch yeah of and then and then um well turf surf and earth really pushed us to start thinking about mm-hmm. you know the people who have uh a dairy free or dairy allergy or egg free allergy like i've done custom things for weddings before like that uh, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of people who are you know either by choice because they're vegans or they choose to eat at turf surf and earth because they know this is a safe place for my dairy allergy or my egg allergy whatever it is so we found a a fantastic dairy free egg free uh, peanut free, tree nut free mix that we've started testing out there. Wow. Uh, to kind of open it up and be like, hey, more people in our community can now have good donuts because we're now dairy free, egg free, gluten free, you know? <laughs> yeah. And these are things that you wouldn't know without making that connection. It's just, it's amazing how businesses grow in ways that you don't even plan for. You know, you sit down and you write down everything that you want to achieve, your goals for the year and everything. And then, and you're like, okay, and this is our standard way of operating and, and you think you've got a really good grasp on it but then you almost become like narrow-sighted I guess and it, and it happens for me all the time too where I, I hit these like roadblocks where I feel like mm-hmm. I can't solve a problem because I'm so mm-hmm. immersed in it that as soon as you talk to somebody who's outside of that then you're like oh yeah wait a minute I could do yeah, it that that's way. what the Portland so experience was for me like too. you get such a better grasp of of your own culture and community, or maybe it's your own business when you spend some time in somebody else's business or community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so like actually these last couple of weeks has been, I've, I've learned so much over the last couple of weeks by spending time in other people's kitchens and seeing what their businesses are struggling with and where they're thriving and like learning new tips and tricks for for how to handle stuff. Whoa, this guy's that's a great point. That feels like it'll be really helpful for if you do end up with a brick and mortar one day, like you'll, you'll kind of have that experience and remember back to when you were in these other kitchens. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, Cool. So when you're on the road, what are some of your favorite events to do? I'm not mine. I'm not asking (laughs) that as as like, I'm not leading you. I mean, (laughs) because you do a lot of stuff with like breweries and everything. I wanted to know what, like, where is your favorite place to go? Do you have like a, you know, I know you travel a lot up to like two roads. Well, you mentioned two roads. You mentioned my other favorite organizer, which is market space vendors. (laughs) 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 I was not at all. I wasn't even thinking of it. I was thinking I have my podcast hat on now. So like sometimes I forget that I have this other job. Well, well, Kim and Kevin of Market Space Vendor Events, you guys actually, (laughs) what I love about you is um, you do, you you, and I do brag about you guys all the time. I think that you support your vendors better than any other organizer, um, the way you put up their products on the website, the way you facilitate conversations between the vendors on online um, and, and, um, even I remember there was that one event that just didn't happen the way you expected it to. And you put mm-hmm. out a feedback yeah. form that was like, wow, you know what? I'm going to take the time to do this because I know that you guys are going to read it and that your people who are not going to take offense to this, but you're going to learn from it and grow from it. And I, that meant so much to us too. I remember that. I, was crying. I think yeah. you sent a separate email too, just to be like, Hey, 
here are my thoughts, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but just wanted to be completely honest. And we just like so appreciated the time you took to do that. Yeah. And I think that that event for us was so heartbreaking because people say all the time that they want us to go to South Jersey and they want us to do what we do down there. And and we always say like, yeah, we'd love to help us find a venue. And it got to a point where we, you know, we had the venue, we had the space, we had the permits. The town took like six months to give us permits. We needed an engineer to go (laughs) on site to make sure it was fine. I'm not kidding you. It was was like thousands of dollars to put this Uh. thing together. And at the end of the day, it, it turned out to be like 90 degrees in June and people just preferred to go to the beach and the people who did come, we didn't think about the price point thing where like maybe they just weren't shopping for certain yeah. certain vendors that we brought were maybe not like higher class, but like a higher price yeah. point where now down the line, we know that if that ever happened again, we would need to work with like hyper local makers who understand the the um, socioeconomic Mm -hmm. situation there and who are comfortable either lowering their price point or who have a more varied yeah so we've done some some other craft events and the people that bring the two or three hundred dollar items like you're gonna have to work hard to sell that item but the guys that are selling you know like a five dollar christmas tree ornament or something they're doing it hand like as fast as they can like every vendor having a five dollar (laughs) item like I do think that happens at like every event. And sometimes we're really surprised with, with what happens regardless of knowing the demographic of people that are coming, because we do look into that. That's something that we, we track and we try to be, we're very transparent about like what sold and what Mm -hmm. didn't sell. I'm not going to make you come to something if I don't think you're going to sell anything. Um, But yes, for some reason, I don't know what it is. Like people love to get like $5 tchotchkes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I think it's a, but then they also can walk away. To be generous to the, to the event, like to the people that are coming to these things is they want to support local artisans and as many as they Mm -hmm. can. So (laughs) if you got a sticker or a button or a Christmas tree ornament or something like that for $5 or less, like I can still support you as an artist, even if like, I'm going to you know, maybe it's it's great to sell the two or three hundred dollar item, um, but you can't do that for every artisan. Right, right. You can't buy from everybody at that point. I mean, yeah. So we did appreciate your feedback from that, and that was something that we really invested a lot of time and and advertising and entertainment, and it just wasn't there. And that's part of the process of us learning. But that's that's the cool thing about what we do. If, if, if I had to pick a differentiator, it's that we are open to the feedback of our makers to tell us where to go. We're not just, we're not glued to one building. We'll go wherever, you know, you, if you've had a good experience and you want us to try it, we'll try it and we'll do it once. And if it's terrible, we won't do it again. And if it's (laughs) great, we will. And that's kind of how we expand where our footprint is. Uh, That actually kind of reminded me. I mean, like I brought that up because I wanted to, to highlight that you guys do listen to feedback you're willing to change and it's certainly unique amongst event organizers most of them seem to like think they know what they're doing they've been doing this for so many years um and you guys take a much more humble approach where you're willing to learn and listen uh and and adapt and try new things so that's why i really i appreciate you guys for that Thank you. I totally was not leading you with that question. I was trying to get you to okay. talk about the okay. breweries. Now we have to talk about other <laughs> um, So one of our very, very favorite ones is to go back to Two Roads Brewing. Um, in, they're in Connecticut, and they just have a really fun venue. Um, pretty much everywhere you look, there is like a photo opportunity. They've It, it, it seems 
like I don't know for sure that they've done this, but it seems almost like they've taken a Disney Imagineer and and created photo ops all over yeah. all over their building. How cool is that? <laughs> I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's just like you turn a corner and you're like, whoa, there's this vintage Volkswagen bus or a Ferris wheel now, and uh, you know, a really cute beer garden or some sort of like you know fo- place where you stick your face through and take a picture. So they've designed it really pleasant. Then they bring in great bands and they, they they seem to be very selective with what food vendors they bring in too. So there's not a lot of duplicates of food um, and the quality of the food that's there is fantastic. They seem to really favor um, food vendors that put you know thought into what they're doing. Uh, like the ice cream vendor mm-hmm. that comes there, Tipsy Cones. Um, she she puts nice. um, all sorts of different alcohol into her stuff, into her ice creams, uh, including some of the breweries, like some of the beer from the brewery. Um, so it's just very fun, very, very fun people. Um, and their team uh, just seems like they love being together. Like we end the event and once they've cleared the park, they go and light a bonfire and they bring out another case of beer and the staff just sits around the bonfire drinking beer together. That's <laughs> like awesome. they want to spend time. It together. sounds like they have a huge space too. Yeah. That's really cool. It's, it's great. Um, totally different than what we experience here. And I know you and I kind of experience some of the same pain points with the way things go with the ABC in New Jersey. And hopefully that'll all be different as we, transition out of the (laughs) COVID-19 pandemic. I really, no, I really do think that we can't continue to do things the way we were doing them. And people, you know, even from more professional, a more professional standpoint of people that are like working office jobs that have had to work remotely. I think there's that whole sense of like, we've all been there now. We've all been on zoom with our kids on our laps, like (laughs) taking calls they're going to rethink the way things are done. And hopefully that makes some kind of impression on the ABC too. Huh. I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll step down from my soapbox. Now. <laughs> um, I mean, regard like uh, that, that issue of the ABC and the, the whole, I, I don't know how much you covered on the podcast. If you need to explain that for your listeners. Um, Oh, yeah, I, I haven't really talked about it. I think the people listening, yeah, they probably are following us on, yeah. on social, too. But basically, New Jersey is in a lot of ways unique. Um, the ABC does not really encourage events that are community-based events with the breweries. Um, and it's meant as something that would differentiate from, like, restaurants that have things like trivia nights and and um, live performances and, and things. And I get that, like, the cost of their licensing is different and, and everything. But you and I agree that, you know, having this community involvement really is supporting the small businesses and the, and the craft breweries are small businesses. They're small. They're, they're essentially makers, just like what the network of people we work with. They are small business mm-hmm. owners and makers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to when when we start having <laughs> laws that make sense in New Jersey. <laughs> from from my point of view, yeah, it would like be one of my other like ways that I tried adding value to a community. Right, um, right out of college, I worked with a um, like a youth leadership group at a public high school, and and their big push was you know against drunk driving. They had had a lot of uh, drunk driving fatalities and injuries in their community. A lot of pain that went along with that. And so there was, you know, students against, uh, I think at that time it was called destructive decisions. It used to be drunk driving. Um, so mm-hmm. I worked with them as like the adult uh, liaison for the student leadership group 
for students against drunk driving or destructive decisions. And they put on this big community thing where they brought out their senators and the governor and, and the mayor and everything to draw awareness to the drunk driving in their community. So that part of it, like I really believe in them and their stories. But then to see New Jersey turn around and do something so stupid like that, the, the ABC ruling that was, was that last? <laughs> Gosh, it seems so long ago. January? I want to say that was like, I want to say, was it like a year ago? A year ago? It couldn't have been two yeah, years, I could don't know. it? Time is relative now. I remember something in April. Yeah, right. Well, like it came April, out. Maybe. It came out yeah. during the fall, right? And that was when we had. It was like two days before we were supposed to be at River Horse Brewing, and uh, they basically said no events yeah. no at events all. No events and no food and vendors br- and by law no coffee right. either at these events. So we're gonna license the breweries. Which is yeah, it's hard because people are going to some of these remote locations like yeah. where river horse is located it's in yep. an industrial park so there's no food there and they're encouraging people to then go and drink and you're going and you're getting like your flight board you know and then there's no way to really sober yeah. up yeah so that's i think that's probably a blind spot where if they had somebody from the restaurant industry in there saying they can't be serving all this alcohol and food that's what we do um, so we're just going to make them right. serve alcohol and by law not be allowed to serve food and by law not be allowed to serve coffee. So to me, it's just like New Jersey said, well, let's allow the breweries to host. I think it's like, what was the number? It was some high number and I'll, I'll underestimate it and say it's even if it was 30 events per year, I think it was higher than that. Yeah. Um, we're going to allow them 30 events per year where there's drinking allowed and no food and no coffee by law allowed there. So it's just like we're yeah. going to we're going to see an increased number of drunk driving incidents and it's not going to go well. Um, so we need to you yeah. know, get 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 right into your <laughs> representatives and make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's all about supporting community in smart ways. And even when you think about the person that's coming as the designated driver, if they're sitting around, you know, having either having the good donut shop there or having market space there and having it be this just like love fest for handmade, um, it gives that that designated driver something to do, then people are more likely to plan around it and be smart about it and hang out and sober up instead of just like drinking and getting behind the wheel. So we'll see. I mean, it would be great if there could be some community changes. Obviously, we do everything to abide by what the ABC is saying. And we have our our contacts that we talk to often to make sure that we are, you know, in compliance, but it gets a little frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's an understatement. So where are you going to be this weekend? You're going to be doing donuts so on Friday our, our and Saturday? Pop-up partnerships. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got the alliteration for marketing. Um, we're going to be yeah. on Thursday nights at Gabriel's Fountain in Martinsville. And that's actually our, our home prep kitchen. Um, I love those guys. Uh, helped start that restaurant when I was a teenager. Um, and it's, it's now being run by two of my very best friends. Um, so we're, we'll be set up there every Thursday night from 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Um, they're known for, you know, American food, big oversized burgers and really elaborate ice creams, really fantastic stuff. Most recently they put on, uh, an ice cream with our donuts and, uh, beer from Flounder Brewing. Um, oh, oh that's wow. awesome. Uh, the What's donut? it called? Uh, the ice cream. <laughs> the it's, ice cream. The ice cream? Is, I think it's just called beer and donuts ice cream. <laughs> it's pretty simple. <laughs> 
It sounds kind of yes. Homer Simpson-esque. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, he's got fantastic flavors. Uh, Mike, Michael is a, is a kid that I grew up with. We met when we were like five years old. Um, so he's basically my other brother. And he's now grown into a, a grown man who knows anything and everything there is to know about making ice cream, all handmade fillings. You know, they make their own cookie dough. Um, they do everything that goes into the ice, ice cream is handmade there on site. Um, so nice. Thursday, so you'll be there Thursday. Uh, then Friday and Saturdays, we're at Turf Surf and Earth in downtown Somerville from 12 to 8. Um, we'll be doing our dairy free, egg free, peanut free, tree nut free um, Friday and Saturday. Uh, yeah, Fridays and Saturdays there. And I uh, have a limited supply of the gluten-free mix left. That'll be a first batch out on Saturday mornings. Um, so Thursday nights, Gabriel's Fountain. Friday, Saturday, Turf, Surf, and Earth in downtown Somerville. And then we're going to look for a, a predictable home for Sundays. Um, this coming Sunday, the 26th, we will be at the uh, Main Street Subs in downtown Madison, New Jersey. Yep, with something cool. happening in Cranford cool. to come. But we got to solidify the dates. Yep. TBD. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait. Um, so let everybody know where to find you uh, again we're online. We're most active on uh, Instagram at Good Donut Shop. Um, so that's Good Donut Shop. All one word, no the, just Good Donut Shop. Uh, we post our bad jokes uh, to Instagram, to our story, um, as, as well as like our pop-up calendar there. And then the website is thegooddonutshop.com. That's where you can buy donuts for yourself or donate for healthcare heroes and hidden heroes for the pandemic. Thank you so much for listening to the Business Handmade Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at MarketSpaceVendorEvents or on our website, marketspacevendorevents.com.